On March 27th, our team set out to Sheo, Guatemala for the week of spring break. Along the way, we were met with the unexpected. We experienced delays and waiting and more delays. We traveled and slept at odd times in odd places. But in the end, we were met with God's faithfulness to do the work that he had planned, not just through us, but in us as well. What we saw and experienced along the way was beautiful, humbling, and at times, breathtaking. This is Sheo. I want to thank you for the effort you did leaving your house and family to visit uh, us and the community. All right. Yay. Well, thanks for being willing to go. This is our Sheo team here that you saw in the video. If everybody can scooch in there. Yeah, it's tight quarters. Well, I'm James, the student ministries pastor, and I was also part of the team, and this is my friend over here. Yeah, I'm Lacey. Uh, I, I get to help. Is oh, it on? No. There it is. <laughs> hmm? no, you're, good. you're good. Okay, I'm Lacey. I helped lead some of these trips and got to go with this amazing team. Yeah. Yeah. So what we're going to do is for the next few minutes is just share a little bit about our experience. And so, um, yeah, I'll start first. Here's the deal. We had this trip where we had all these plans and it was just all dialed in. We're going to go to the airport and go directly to Shale. Well, we ran into a few speed bumps as we talked about in the video. Uh, we had a little, little extra, little extra at the front end. So we spent about 70 additional hours of traveling and getting to Shale, a five hour layover 
in Portland before we even left, a little delay, and we ended up spending the night in Dallas the first night, and then an additional night in Dallas before we were on our way to Sheo, and we got there. The question I have for a couple of you first is this, all of this unexpected stuff happened, and it may have seemed like a negative um, or a disadvantage. How did you see God using that and turning it around for good? Daniel, I'll let you go first. How about that? Well, uh, despite all the uh, hard times we had in Portland and then in Dallas, uh, we've, we've all felt kind of bad about, you know, raising up all this money to go to Sheo, but then that didn't happen the full time. But in my eyes, I think I've seen that we've all been like, you know, a blessing to everyone that we've come across, whether that's in America, whether that's in Guatemala. But uh, I'd say that we've all just made it through and I'm not surprised that we've all kept our cool while all this bad stuff has happened. And I mean, I'm just happy that we're all here, we're all safe, and that we've all just kept our cool and just, just eventually got to Sheo and where, you know, it's just been a blessing that we were all friendly towards the people that we've all met. Excellent. Right behind you. Jordan? Same question. Well, yeah, we all expected to go straight, you know, straight there, and we got delayed, but you know, Lacey, Laney, and James took control and just <laughs> talked to, talk to, you know, the airlines, got everything straightened out. We got, you know, we had a place to stay. Um, we didn't know, you know, why we were delayed, but along the way we got to tell different people um, where we were going that we wouldn't have if, you know, everything went according to plan. Um, at the hotel, um, Lacey went up to talk to the receptionist and she was complaining that her back was hurting and we stopped and we prayed for her that her back would you know, feel better and I think it did by the time we left and you know, everything had a plan and a purpose, so. All right, and Michael, same question. Oh, yeah, I was <clears throat> praising the Lord for our first delay not very long after we got off the plane because we did find out it was a fuel pump issue. Thank God they found it on the ground and not in the air. So we had so many opportunities to bond as a team that we would not have had. Those five hours in the airport, it didn't take long for us to, to gather as a group in a circle praying for God's miraculous healing and of all of our could have been negative attitudes, but uh, just a, a wonderful experience in all, even through the delays. And like uh, Jordan said, we were able to tell so many people about where, why we're here and we're delayed and we're on a mission trip. So, and everybody was really excited to hear that and happy for us. Yes, Lacey and Laney did. I mean, they had three hours or better on the phone straight uh, trying to get all the details worked out and uh, praise God it worked out <laughs> yes um well thanks guys um yeah we our 24 hours of travel turned into what'd you count up Bob at 76 hours of travel so we um in that time got to really bond and connect as a group and walked into Sheo out of those pickup trucks just ready to hit the ground running because we knew that our time was shortened and so 
we didn't know what to expect, um, but we, we pulled into the village around 2 p.m. and almost immediately went to the school to put on a VBS. We, a few hours before that, we didn't even know if we'd have our bag that had all our stuff for VBS. So it was kind of a miracle in that way. Um, so our question for you guys, what was putting on that first VBS like and what were the kids like? So we'll start with Owen. Start with me. <clears throat> uh, yeah. What was it like? Well, it was, we got there and we, all the, all the kids just jumped in and started unloading our bags for us, which was so what kind of weird, but it was first like cultural shock, like, oh, the kids are being super, super helpful. <laughs> and so then, um, and so then we go down to the, the school and it's a really, really cute little school. And I, I really like the, the layout inside of it and all the desks and all the desks are like doll sized desks. No, <laughs> but, um, it was nerve wracking because hadn't really met anybody yet and hadn't really gotten a chance to see the kids yet. And so the first time that we we're talking to them, like uh, introducing the game, I think. It was like, oh, is this really going to work out? Because I was listening to the game plan, and I was like, I don't know if the kids are going to understand what's going to happen, and there's not enough time to change the game. And so that was nerve-wracking, but James ended up doing an amazing job. So <laughs> they loved him. That was awesome. And then came for my part, and Will and Daniel, we did the song. And I, we, when we were up there, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> I was like, this is... So then, thankfully, we had this amazing interpreter, the, uh, the Ishiel, she translated to Ishiel, the native language. Uh, she uh, did an amazing job getting motions for the words. Sorry, I couldn't think of what to say. Motions for the words. We, didn't, we hadn't really had a plan of like what to do for like Este Lucito, which is this little light of mine. We're like, we kind of want to raise our hands a little bit, like this little light of mine. But she ended up like having a all the kids look at her and do all these motions for all the words, which was super helpful for us. Took a little load off our shoulders. And so, yeah, it was nerve wracking, but ended up being really good. The crafts were fun. And yeah, I think the kids had a great time, even though we were kind of stressed, so. Excellent, thanks Owen. Hey, there's Sharice or Natalie, whoever wants to go. Uh, yeah, it was amazing. Um, I am a planner, and so I am like, this is exactly how we're going to do it, and it's going to go amazing. And then we walk in, and I'm like, all right, we can't do all these crafts because we only have like an hour. So just the abilities of the team to quickly um, move and adjust. And I'm like telling people, like, you need to go here, and you need to go here. And they're like, all right, wherever you want me to go. And so just the heart of the whole team being there to support and play with the kids. James's game, like the game, we explained the game and then it didn't go the way that we'd explained it, but it was great because you see all of these kids like shifting behind James and I'm over setting up and I look over and they are just dying laughing as they're like, basically they're just like little ducklings following James around and it was the best thing It ever. worked out. It, it worked, worked out. out. Yeah. And Natalie, do you want Okay. Okay, so, let me, okay, let me think, sorry. So, we had so much trouble, and we had to like go in these like trucks, and it was so hot. And I was like in between my dad and Owen, like sweaty legs, and I don't know, but <laughs> we got there, and everybody was so cute. All the little children, they were like coming and helping us with our bags, and they were like laughing at us. And I'm like, I don't know what they're laughing about, but it was funny. <laughs> and um, we got to the VBS, and I was kind of nervous because I had no idea what we were doing, and I'm like, what is going on? But we ended up doing it, and I think the kids had a good time. They were like laughing, like, they would like come up and like hold my hands, I'm like, oh, this is so cute. But I don't know. <laughs> I think it was like good to go right into that because it like helped me like 
get to know the little children. And yeah, I think that was just like a good way to start the trip. Awesome. Thanks, Natalie. That's great. And the ministry of allowing children to braid your hair, you were queen of that because it was awesome. Yeah, they loved, they loved Natalie in particular. Um, so we went into this VBS and we went, basically every situation that we went into, there was this two-step process of translation. You start out in English, then it goes to Spanish, then it goes to Ishil. Is that, am I saying it right? Ishil. And it was just this big language barrier that maybe felt bigger than you may have anticipated if you haven't experienced this before. So the question for you guys is this, how was that language barrier and how big did it really feel after all once you got used to it? And so the first person I'll have answer that is Will. Will, here you go. Yeah, um, having the translators, that was the easy part. <laughs> um, playing with the kids and stuff, like you didn't have an interpreter there with you at all times. So you're trying to, you know, play soccer, explain games to these kids, and they don't understand what you're saying at all. And, uh, like, I, they speak a little bit of Spanish, not a whole lot, because, like, Ishield's their primary language. But uh, I do not speak Spanish. I have a preschool reading level, or Spanish level, because... <laughs> yeah, both. <laughs> <laughs> Public education system, man. <laughs> yeah, but, oh yeah. But, so, you know, it was just like, you know, do quiere and stuff like that. Just the really, really small, simple stuff that, you know, it was not easy to communicate, but it was effective. And honestly, I was able to, like, even just like body language and like, like motioning out things with the kids, it seemed like it should have been harder than it was, but... You know, plus the kids are all a joy, and really, you say something dumb, and they'll just giggle at you anyways. <laughs> and yeah, they were great. And yeah. Me? Oh, I'm going again. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, so kind of like bouncing off what you said about the what was it? Oh, the oh, like moving, like the motion, like having to use your body length. What? What did I say? Oh, cool. I'm just funny without trying. That's okay. So, um, uh, we, we tried teaching him. I don't know if you guys know this game, Ninja. It's, yeah, like, we're, like, you have to do the one motion. We, like, taught one of them how to play Ninja through strictly, like, hand motions. Like, we, like, clasped our hands, and like, ready, we're going to jump out, and then, like, go like this. And then they followed, and then we, like, do the Ninja thing. And it was, it actually worked out really great. We ended up having, like, a couple people, couple kids with us playing Ninja. They were just kind of going wild, but I mean, it was fun. They were winning the entire time. It was awesome. I mean, they, they really enjoyed it. But like during the VBS is when we mainly had to have that three uh, level, tra three translations or whatever. And I think that was for the first time we did it a little bit strange. We kept kind of talking a little bit too much and then they had to translate a little bit too much and then try to summarize a little bit. But as time went on, I started not to really notice it as much. Like it was a lot easier to uh, communicate, not just, you know, it was, it was pretty, pretty good. I didn't, I didn't feel stressed about it after the first day, I'd say, but definitely that first day was a little bit, eh, but yeah. <laughs> Great. Different well, world. for many of us, like you mentioned, one of the most powerful experiences was the home visits. Um, so can you describe, um, we'll start with Daniel. Can you describe uh, what that was like at the home visits and what made it so powerful? Well, uh, the home visits, I remember, uh, I forgot who was uh, part of um, our team, but we went to the houses. Oh, okay. I remember one time where uh, 
we had given a, a sponsor child um, some gifts, and some of those gifts were uh, rock candy, the pop, you know, things that go in your mouth. Oh my goodness, that was so fun to watch. They were, the little girl, like, she was like uh, trying to try it out, and then she, she put it in her mouth, and it started popping, and she was like, and then her mom tr- tries some, and she's like, and I found I found it really funny because um, well not like in a you know bad way but like uh, I'd never seen like well in America I'm always used to you know seeing people you know try these kind of things and you know like I would eat pop rocks like just the same as like anyone else would but they're like so excited to see um, like the gifts that we've given them but not just that they've also given us um, uh, a tour of our of their houses and uh, the most important thing is they given us their testimonies about. Well, how their life was like in Sheo ever since a was it a mudslide? mudslide? Mudslide, yeah, which was very hard on some of them. We when we were walking around Sheo, we seen some destroyed houses that were being built. Luckily, no one was hurt in that situation. But we've got to hear what they had to say about um, how life is and how their life is now with that they're having clean water to drink instead of um, disease-ridden water. Which mm-hmm. to me is a huge blessing that we get to do that and that they have clean water. I'm going to hand that one to Jen. Jen, same question. Well, home visits, and I think you can understand this here as well, home visits are an incredibly personal thing. And I think that that also translates across different communities. And so being invited into homes was just incredibly powerful. You're there, you're seeing their homes, their living situations, where they sleep, how they cook, um, how they spend their time. And so it was just really a personal experience. And then getting to put a face to children that we have been discussing for years here and seeing videos and pictures of and getting to meet my sponsored child after a year plus of, of, of writing and drawing and being, you know, pen pals, but getting to actually put a face to that little girl and seeing her smile, just getting some hair clips and some colors and she instantly wanted to draw me a picture and so I have that with me and so it just, it was incredible. And also the fact that we got to come to them and meet them where they were. And the thing is, the first thing that they instantly wanted to share with us is, you know, we don't have anything to give to you. We don't have anything to give to you, but we are so thankful you are here. We're thankful you're praying for our children and for our families and our community. We're thankful for the supplies that you have been a part of giving or sponsoring. And often they would give us what they had. And so we were given warm corn drinks and rice drinks. And while some of us were not used to eating those kinds of things, it was still, you know, a gifting of what they had. And so just being embraced by this community was really special. And also, again, kind of despite the language barriers, you know, they, we might not have understood the language of a shield, but what we did understand was that this community loved their children and loved their people. And it was really special to get to witness to that. Really cool. Thanks, Jen. And they love our church. I could, so many times they were just expressing their thanks to our church and our pastors and for us, what we're doing as we partner with them. Really cool. And that corn water was, it was, it was. <laughs> but we did it. We drank it, didn't we, guys? Us high schoolers, I'm really proud of you. That's like a highlight for me that our high schoolers drank their hot corn water, even the chunks at the end. It was good. <laughs> 
but it was, yeah, it was, it was amazing. Yeah, you could feel the hospitality. Uh, so, hey, a few other things. You know, God was at work in ways possibly that you, don't, you didn't really recognize or maybe even until retrospectively you just go, okay, the Lord was at work in this way. I'm recognizing it now. So what are some cool ways that you saw the Lord working while you were on the trip? And then part two of this is, are there some ways that maybe once you've pro- you had a chance to process it now for like a little over a week or two weeks and w- retrospectively the Lord has maybe done something inside of you. So what, it, what is it that you saw or have seen and have experienced the Lord doing in you now? And so for Bobette, how about you go first? Okay. Um, before, I've never been on a mission before, so I was trying to think in my mind how this whole water filtration system was going to go. And so in my mind, I was thinking we were going to be putting a water filter on a plumbing system that brought water into a sink in their kitchen. And we gave them a five-gallon bucket that they put their dirty water in or stagnant water, whatever, leaky water. (laughs) And then it would filter into another five-gallon bucket. And it was just on a shelf. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And we got to be a part of giving this one lady um, a, a, a water system. And she was, we were you know, done with it. And she was expressing her thanks. And she was talking in, a, uh, in her Ashiel. And she was weeping. And we're all praying. I, I, I was just listening to her. And I didn't understand what she was saying. But my spirit understood what she was saying. And I began to just be overwhelmed and and praying and crying with her, really. And then I went to Lacey, amazing, wise Lacey, and I told her, I said, we need to tell her that God loves her and sees her. And she goes, she just looks at me and she smiles. Well, she goes, you can tell her that. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like what? And so we asked if we could pray, and she brought us into her home, and we all gathered around, and I did lead out prayer. And then... She began to pray, her family began to pray, the team began to pray, and it became this beautiful symphony, and God just was so powerful and so moving. And that was really my true amazing God moment. And I, um, I was overwhelmed and so thankful to God that he, we were able to even come to a remote little town like that in village and help these people, and they're so grateful and they're they're doing everything they can with the little bit that they have. And God sees them, and he loves them, and he, he wants to help them. And it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, so first, the way that I saw the Lord move while we were in Sheo was, um, I mean, everybody's kind of alluded to it. The love of God transcends language. And he was just there. Like in every interaction we had, the Lord was going before us. Um, In every delay we had, the Lord was going before us. Like I just saw the love of God so clearly in action as we took the steps that we didn't think we were having these steps. They went in a different way than we anticipated, but he was just in it. And um, like these kids I'm so proud of, we got to just watch them engage fully um, with the love of God. And in that, we got to build relationships so quickly. We got to uh, know our children so quickly without being able to communicate verbally. Like it was just, 
really, really beautiful to see uh, just the love of God transcending the barriers that the world puts in front of us. Um, And then coming out of it, honestly, I've been on a lot of missions trips in my life, and I was like, what what am I going to learn this time, Lord? (laughs) um, And really, what I feel like the Lord has communicated to me is, um, I'm like Sharice, I like to have a plan for what we're doing, especially when I'm traveling. It's, it's to the detriment of my very go-with-the-flow best friend. <laughs> um, <laughs> but what the Lord communi- like really just taught me was that his way is not manicured. His way is not perfect. His way, it, it, in, in its imperfection, it is perfect, right? So in all of our delays, in all of the upset of what we thought was going to happen and didn't, he was proving that his way is so much greater than anything we could put together in our own minds. And so coming out of it, I feel like the Lord has just taught me, like, it's not always going to look beautiful. And, and it's not always going to be according to the plan that you thought was best. But in its imperfection, it will be perfect. And can you engage with that? And can, you, um, can all of us come out of that going... Okay, Lord, I'm used to planning, but I want to be more malleable and more willing to step into something even when it's not according to what I thought the plan was. So, yeah. Uh, the one thing that I knew was going to happen with me is, is it was going to be a humbling experience. And, um, but I didn't know it was going to start before we even left. Uh, we were reading the uh, Know Before You Go 40-Day Devotional as a team. Um, and when I got to the section about sponsorship, um, I had to check my pride and just throw it out the window because uh, as a single-income family when we were growing up, uh, we had sponsorships for our children doing their sports and softball and such. And um, it's like, well, thank you, Lord, for blessing us. We don't need our sponsor because we were able to pay for it ourselves. But it wasn't about me is what God was telling me. It's not about me. There's other people that can't go but want to be part of this. So that was very humbling for me, this, oh, forgive me, Lord. And I apologize to you people that I didn't reach out for sponsorship support and prayer support sooner than I did. But thank you all for your prayers and your support. Excellent. And can we give a round of applause to these guys? You guys can head back to your chairs.